This is Jim Wallace speaking about the soul of the nation. The system is rigged. That's what I want to talk about today. Now, of course, the system is rigged. Systems are always rigged to protect the wealth, power, and self-interest of those who created them, who benefit from those systems. That's not hyperbole. That's just reality. That's human nature. Uh, That's what the Bible calls a sin. That's why systems need to be held accountable to the common good and not just to the system makers and controllers. And that's why Jesus in particular calls us to protect whom he calls the least of these, those who are most vulnerable. That's why defending systems that just maintain the power of the powerful uh, is not just bad politics, it's bad theology. These are moral issues. These are religious questions. So we've just seen the appointment of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, despite the credible, I think, believable testimony of Dr. Christine Blasey Ford that he sexually assaulted her when they were both in high school. Despite the reaction of Brett Kavanaugh, despite the issues of truth that were at play, despite the partisanship he was appointed. What Brett Kavanaugh's appointment finally means is the success of a decades-long plan and scheme, really, for a wealthy, white, male, conservative court packing. It's played out now. It's been on the agenda of the political right for a long time. Four of the five conservative justices were appointed by presidents who lost the popular vote. Columnist E.J. Dion puts this well. A generations-long conservative majority on the court has been cemented in place by a political minority. Kavanaugh was named by a president who won 46% of the popular vote, confirmed by senators representing 44% of the population. When you lack a majority, controlling the branch of government not subject to the voters is vital to working your will. We have to see this in a larger context, more than just the judicial hearings that we saw and were so traumatizing to many people across the country, particularly to so many women across this nation. The heart of this strategy is to preserve white male power and control in the society. This goes along with things like racial gerrymandering of congressional districts, targeted voter suppression of racial minority votes, an immigration policy to prevent more immigrants from countries of color from coming to this nation, mass incarceration, which which denies voting rights to prisoners after they have served their time. For example, there is a very uh, lively campaign for governor going on in Florida, and a very popular Tallahassee mayor, Andrew Gillum, is the first potentially African-American candidate to become governor in Florida. It's a close race. It's going to be a very dynamic campaign. But imagine if the 1.6 million former felons in Florida, 
who can't vote were able to vote. Drug use is almost identical for whites and blacks, but incarceration is overwhelmingly and disproportionately black and brown. So 1.6 million former felons in Florida, overwhelmingly black and brown, if they could vote, Andrew Gillum would be elected easily and quickly. Now, that's not accidental. That's strategic. Further, nonviolent crimes, like stealing anything worth more than $300, is a felony in Florida. And because of that, you can't vote the rest of your life. So racial gerrymandering of congressional districts targeted voter suppression of racial minorities and their votes, dramatic reductions in immigration, and the mass incarceration of racial minorities who won't be able to vote even after they have served their time, are all part of a strategy to prevent or slow down demography, to prevent or slow down our changing demography as a nation from changing our democracy. We have to understand what's going on here. Now, the survival of democracy depends on the resilience of institutions like a free press, a strong civil society, a Congress that holds other branches of government and corporate systems accountable, a judiciary whose trust depends on nonpartisan integrity that holds everyone accountable to the rule of law. And the weakening of any of those sectors or their lack of independence puts our democracy in great jeopardy. When those institutions are being structured to protect the interests of white, male, conservative self-interests of our current rigged system, I would say, we have a democracy problem. And when the packing of our institutions helps a minority of the population retain its power over a growing majority as long as possible, it just serves to perpetuate a status quo of structural racism, wealth, and patriarchy. This isn't, again, hyperbole. This is just the facts. This is just reality. Now, the rigged nature of our systems will ultimately need to be fixed reformed, transformed, I would say, and healed. But in the meantime, I would say we have to vote and vote overwhelmingly in the coming midterm elections. Compliance to the rule of law, the importance of truth, the ethics of public service and leadership, progress on social equity, are all fundamental to the health of democracy. And the threat now of autocracy over the common good, that's now at stake. Therefore, we cannot squander any opportunity to genuinely check this president's frightening, increasing power by holding Trump accountable to the law, to the freedom of the press, to limited constitutional government, and to protecting the most vulnerable people in our nation from the president himself. That's what's now at stake. I would call this an Imago Day 
moment, an image of God moment. If we believe, really believe, that all human beings are created in the image and likeness of God, which is what Genesis, the first book in the Bible, says, Genesis 1:26. then efforts to prevent some of God's children from exercising their voting rights and franchise must be imposed, must be opposed as a matter of fidelity to our faith. Every vote that is suppressed is throwing away Imago Dei, the image of God. That's why this is more than politics. This is, for many of us, an issue of faith. That's why Sojourners is working in this election with faith groups like the National African American Clergy Network to bring clergy and lawyers together in polling places to protect the voting rights of those who are being threatened with the suppression of their votes. Lawyers and callers, we call it. I love that term. But lawyers are happy to have the clergy with them to protect votes and voting rights in this upcoming election. If you want to know more about that and how you can get involved, go to sojo.net and look up lawyers and callers. We'll be standing together in polling places all over the country to protect the votes of those who are most vulnerable. There is a symbolic power and clergy wearing their clerical collars, showing up alongside lawyers on Election Day to offer protection of voters who might be targeted for voter suppression, intimidation. That work will continue through and up to Election Day, November 6th. We all need to vote on November 6th, no matter how much time and effort that takes. Get your kids to vote if they're old enough. Tell your co-workers and fellow congregants to vote, and even try to find and help people to vote who didn't vote in the last election. Vote overwhelmingly for democracy and political accountability in this election year. Vote in the defense and protection of those who are poor and vulnerable, whom the God of the Bible tells us are the test of our politics. This is Jim Wallace talking about the soul of the nation.